Hello there, welcome to Let's Talk, your one-stop pod for all things pop culture, and hopefully for the next few weeks, your one-stop pod for all things Game of Thrones. Um, Unless you've been living under a rock, uh, you happen to know about the last season of Game of Thrones started on Sunday slash Monday night. It's pretty much the biggest television event of all time, with eight episodes each set to be basically a feature-length film. And you know us, we can't help but talk about these things. So I'm Stu and Rory is with me as always. Are you okay, sir? I am indeed, yeah. I am excited to talk about this. I mean, we've got quite a bumper podcast plan talking about various big events in pop culture, but I don't think they get much bigger than Game of Thrones. Right now they, they because, right now they don't, yeah. especially not for us. Apart from Endgame. Yeah, especially not for us. Uh, I mean, apart from Endgame. It's, it's, they're literally vying for each other's. It's, it, to, be, to, to be honest, me and you, are. this is like a golden age for me and you. Because you've, yeah. you've got Game of Thrones, which you, you firmly established after debating for a while that it was your favourite show and then realised, bloody hell, it's easily my favourite yeah, show. Yeah, it, it's not even time. a contest. It was stupid to even consider trying. Yeah. Um, and then... You know, and then obviously, I mean, anyone that has listened to this podcast, all seven of you, know how much we adore Marvel and have done, obviously, in, in this podcast and the previous, um, and how it's massive influence on, on both of our lives. I mean, your life, pretty much entire life growing up, but I mean, you, I'd say you're more a DC Comics man, but you've, you've read enough Marvel, let's put it that way, and yeah, we've watched all the I films infinite old. amount of times, and and then, and then also, you know, if we're talking briefly, sporting, you know, Liverpool are on course to potentially win the league and Champions League this year. So all of this is culminating in this ridiculous next few weeks um, that could could make or break us. And I think depending on who survives in, in Endgame and, and who survives in Game of Thrones and what happens in the league, um, we might be very happy or we might be a wreck come a few weeks' time, let's put it that way. Well, speaking of who survives, I was watching a good video before, and apparently at a fan event a number of years ago, George R.R. Yeah. R. Martin listed his five favourite characters. And I'm bloody forgetting who they were, but it was Tyrion, Arya, I think John. Um, I'd say John, yeah. Daenerys and somebody else. But his absolute overall favourite character is Tyrion. <laughs> he said um, in like an AMA event somewhere, Tyrion's his absolute favourite. And Tyrion yeah. is apparently the character over the whole series who's had the most screen time. So if you want to be technical, he's the I, protagonist. I, I, I think when, when I... Do you know what? We're going to get into Game of Thrones. What we're going to do on this podcast, just to fill everyone in and, and, and bear with us over the next little while, we're going to talk about Game of Thrones. We're going to talk... A little bit about what's gone on before, but mostly about episode one of season eight um, and what we kind of predict a little bit moving forward. And, and hopefully we're going to be doing this at least most weeks in these six episodes we've got to come. Um, we're also going to talk about Shazam and review that maybe a little bit briefer than we normally do because we both thoroughly enjoyed it. But it's a film that maybe isn't quite... There's not lots and lots to talk about, I don't think, on Shazam. Do you know what I mean? I think there is... There's plenty, but not not our usual in-depth analysis, perhaps. And and I think before we jump into that, I do just want to touch on Star Wars. Um, 
you're probably a little bit more of a Star Wars fanboy than me. I've said, I put on Twitter that I grew up, as everyone did probably in the UK, watching the films on ITV probably more times than you can remember. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's something that we all did. I mean, we all watched. And for a long time, you know, I loved I loved the original, original New Hope. Um, and then Empire, obviously, once you kind of establish a little bit of your taste, realize Empire is just superior in all aspects. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, look, I've still got a soft spot for Return of the Jedi. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and then the prequels kind of came out when we were, I guess, kind of 18 or 16 to... I think I was in college. Like that. I think we were hitting like the six, yeah, because similar age. So it's it's fifteen to twenty something, and I, I they weren't as prominent for me, and I, I've still not really come round to them. I remember the hype around the first one, Phantom um, Menace. Yeah, and I remember the pod race and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't stick that much. I remember a lot of bad acting, uh, particularly by Hayden Christensen. Um, oh, no, he wasn't in Natalie that one, Portman. Was he? he was in the second one anyway. The, the second, second one yeah. in particular is probably some of the worst scenes in my up there with Batman and Robin when they have that you know relationship between him and Natalie Portman. It's just horrific. Yeah, um, I mean Natalie Portman horrific. generally is horrific, but hey, yeah, that's just me. You're not a fan. Um, Annihilation aside, I think you like that film. I'd say she's good in that. And Leo, it's on my Netflix watch like list. Oh, have you never seen Annihilation? No. Have you watched it? Okay. Your Netflix watch list is quite It's quite fucking vast. huge. Yeah. Um, I discovered before, just so people can be shocked, that you've never seen Lord of the Rings. Not one moment. No. Well, you've probably seen plenty of moments, but you've never seen a single film. I've seen more um, memes than I have. <laughs> I've seen more memes of, of um, Lord of the Rings than I have actual, like, moments which, of Lord of the Rings. Which astonished me because look, I know I bang on about Mad Max Fury Road and you having to watch that, but Lord of the Rings like is right up your street if, if Mad Max isn't. Do you know what I mean? So it does shock me. You've never seen it. Um especially such an avid fan of Game of Thrones. But you might remedy that one day. Um maybe you've got a free Sunday where you fancy spending twelve euro hours watching <laughs> the trilogy. Um anyway, off topic as always um, well, this start, week, start as you mean to go on. Exactly. This week, there's a big Star Wars event in Chicago. Um, there's some really good coverage. Um, a lot of uh, interest coming around Disney Plus, obviously, this week because um, we got talk of the Mandalorian, which, do you know what? I'm genuinely excited about. I didn't because... realise that um, Gina Carano was in it. I'm actually quite yeah. impressed by that because I think she'll be really good because she was good in Deadpool. There's some really good people in it, actually. Um, who the main guy? Oh, I can't remember his name. I'm, this is this podcast in a nutshell. Um, the guy who's playing the Mandalorian, I think, was in Game of Thrones at one stage, and I can't remember his name, which is annoying. Um, but it'll come back to me. But it's it's John Favreau, who yeah. we obviously love on this podcast. Um, he's the man behind. It was, it's Pedro Pascal, Favreau. isn't it? It is Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Um. Man behind Iron Man, obviously, um, and Elf, if people never realise that. He directed Elf back in the day. And, of course, um, Happy Hogan in the MCU. Happy Hogan in the MCU. He directed The Jungle Book, the remake, which is actually probably one of the only worthy 
kind of reimagining of those Disney films. Um, cause I like the way you didn't, you didn't fall into the trap of saying live action. Well, it can't, it can't which be live fucking action. does me, Edding, because it can't be live action unless they trained a fucking tiger and a well, snake exactly. and a bear. Exactly. And then I was going to say, I'm going to say exactly the same with Lion King, which he's directing. And, and look, Lion King, is, Lion King CGI looks unbelievable. I don't know where Jon Favreau's got this skill from but he's clearly a master of the arts really because if you look at the way Lion King work looks it just looks phenomenal I'm not saying there's a need for it because it, on the trailers it plays out as did the original do you know what I mean just with slightly different cast um, so I'm not 100% sure but the kids will drag me to see it anyway either way so maybe it'll be for their generation what the original was for ours because yeah I mean, back in the day, I think we taught Lion King, you know, the Disney Mega Drive games or SNES games back in the day and stuff. So there was a big thing for us growing up with those films. But I mean, John Favreau is 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 a wonderful director, great actor, and and he's the kind of showrunner behind The Mandalorian. Um, Taika Waititi's directing a couple of episodes, um, and then a couple of other quite. Bryce Dallas Howard, I think, is directing one. She never directed really? before, which is quite interesting. Yeah, so oh, she must have one. an eye for it. And then someone else um, who's who's quite quite well known is directing an episode or two. And so it's got a lot of potential. I think the early footage looks great, apparently, and it looks because it's set in that era of Star Wars. People are excited about it, um, and I think TV's kind of not a bad place for you know. <laughs> for certain certain parts of Star Wars because there's not always a case to have a film every year now. I mean, we both enjoyed Solo, which we've said, um, but it felt a bit rushed, didn't it? They squeezed it in a bit too soon and there's only so much you can do with Star Wars um, because, yes, they've got a big galaxy to work with, but unlike the MCU, for instance, it's not... They don't really have the range of characters. Do you know what I mean? It, it's very much the Force Skywalker saga, which obviously is, is coming to an end with this last film. They've 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 clearly announced that. So yeah, it's going to be intriguing how they use it going forward, um, and not just rely on things like Solo and Rogue One, which are just prequels and going back. And we need to go forward with Star Wars. So I think it's going to be interesting what they do with it as obviously got these rights to it. Um, the trailer dropped for what's it called? Skywalker. It's the last Skywalker, the, isn't it? Last Skywalker. Sorry. Yeah. Um, which in I itself is quite an intriguing title because it's got everyone it talking about, Oh, is Ray going to be a Skywalker? Mm, probably not. I don't think they can. I mean, they can't the walk I've that hole back. You don't think they can walk it back, but JJ obviously set it up to knock it down like that. It felt like, and then Rian Johnson came in, and all the Star Wars man babies, which we seem to talk about man babies a lot on these podcasts, but they all were up in arms about that film. And we again, like, it's interesting the reaction to that last film because it's still rumbling on, and some people hate it. But well, even if you don't. Appreciate if the whole if film. you don't like it's it, not a bad there's, film. there's nothing to hate about it. I understand people no. don't like it, but I don't understand hating it. The, it's the not like you come along having and... the force, that kind of thing. There's a few massive issues in there. Don't get me wrong, but there's, it's not a hateable film. It's no, still a to, really to, well-made, exciting film to watch. You can hate it if it comes along and shits on the entire, you know, 
30 yeah. odd year legacy of Star Wars, but it really doesn't. It just tries to modernize a few things. It's yeah, it just had to and try. I like it. Tried. I think it's a really good film. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so did I. I again, we said that with Solo. It, Solo didn't really feel like to me that it it shat on any legacy. Do you know what I mean? I, don't get me wrong. You can't really step into um, Harrison Ford's shoes easily because it's Harrison Ford. He's yeah, it's like, an iconic character. It's an iconic character, and and he is he is uh, an actor who plays iconic characters. Do you know what I mean? You imagine when they redo Indiana Jones, how someone will step in. And imagine them trying to remake Back to the Future. Do you know what I mean? Imagine the hell that would be. Yeah. Someone trying to step into Michael J. Fox's shoes. It's just going to be, it's not going to feel right. But there's a lot of good stuff they did in Solo that actually, on the surface, was a, a perfectly fun, enjoyable ride of a film. And I yeah. think I would stay with J.J. Abrams behind the wheel. It's a little bit more of a safe bet, episode nine. Yeah, he's, he's in safe he's gonna pair do- of hands. Yeah, because he he did a great job with reimagining the Star Trek, you know, film franchise. You know what I mean? That first and maybe yeah. second film, but particularly the first one was great. Um, and and I love the Force Awakens, so I'm I'm excited to. I just don't want it to be just fan service after the reaction of the last film. Do you know what I mean? I don't want it to just be too much pandering to people who kicked off about the Last Jedi. It will be sad if it is. Yeah. Um, but the trailer, albeit just a teaser, was, was really exciting. It was. It there was a huge amount of suspense in it, with the you know Ray leaping over the um oh the the, 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 not, the tie fighter tie fighter is it a tie fighter whatever it, it is it yeah. looked it looked like Kylo Ren so I I took that it's to not mean Kylo that, Ren I've I've read that it's not confirmed it's, it's not, not right okay yeah. and then there was the thing with him lifting somebody up on his bloody lightsaber and slamming him down and... yeah it did look like a wrestling move with a lightsaber but I did like it. Yeah, and I, I, I was the thing that had me buzzing more than anything else was the um the bit of the Death Star sitting in the ocean because that's obviously the second that looks like the second Death Star. So have they gone back to Endor? Because there's a bit where they're on what looks like a, a forest planet, so they might have gone yeah, back to Endor. I'm really intrigued. Tatooine might be involved. Um, I am really intrigued what what happens with the film. I mean. I think Ray as a character has come on a long She's way. She's fantastic. Daisy Ridley is absolutely brilliant. And I love John yeah. Boyega as well. Yeah, I do. I think John Boyega didn't have as, uh, enough to do in the last film. I felt like he was no. just sent on a bit of a wild goose chase. He, you only, know what I mean? he so only really had that one moment, didn't he, when he was fighting um, Phasma. That was his yeah. only real like mega badass bit. Yeah, exactly. And what's his fa- yeah. Um, Oscar Isaac as well. We need a bit more oh, from him. Do you know what? I love Oscar Isaac. He's I really mean, good. He's such a good actor, and he's just he's such such a badass. Really, he's one of my favorite actors because he's probably about as flexible. He plays so many different roles, and I think the other one for me, I mean, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. I wasn't convinced by him in in The Force Awakens. I, I've, I've, I've said that a lot of times. Didn't like the fact he took his helmet off. Didn't like the fact he was a bit. He was basically an emo teen. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like he was, he was a sulky goth. And he was just a too sulky, pouty kind of actor, and it didn't work. And Adam Driver is one of the best out there. Of his, you know, he's a really good actor. Um, you should watch Black Hands, Black Landsman if you've not seen it. You would really like that film. Um, he's he's brilliant in that. Everything he does now, he's gold. But I thought he was the best thing about the Last Jedi by a distance. Him and that sequence um, with him and Daisy Ridley in 
you know, the throne room or whatever oh, it was. Yeah. You know, that's just some of the best. I mean, look, you can say what you want about that film, but that sequence alone and and that last sequence, you know, with the kind of salt planes um, with Force Luke and stuff, I just thought some of those bits were great. And I do want to go back and watch that film. But this did give me chills a little bit. I was really excited after this trailer and it, it got me excited, which it hasn't done for a while. I've, I've, because there's so much going on, as we said, with Game of Thrones and Endgame and, and, and anything else. I haven't looked forward to December and that's a long way away, isn't it still? Yeah. Um, but that, that trailer is, is about as good a teaser trailer as I've ever seen, I'd say, to be honest. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a massive thing. And they're going to put everything into it, aren't they? It's going to—it's a huge project. So, and it's—it's it's, it's number nine. It's the end of a, a proper era. They can't go back and do any more with it. You know, I know they could do another Rogue One if they fancied it, but they can't do any more in this sequence. This is this is it. It's so. the end of Star Wars, really. It's the end of Star Wars as we know it. Yes, exactly. It's I mean, Rian Johnson is going to go next. off and do three original films or something like that. So they are doing something where they give him license to use his creative freedom a little bit more and not have the reaction that what happened before because they clearly rate him as a director as i think everyone does who's in their right mind so it's going to be interesting where they go but as i said um episode nine looks great mandalorian's supposed to be exciting and we got a good look at disney plus and actually it seems like quite a reasonable thing we've got talk of now there's going to be a hawkeye where he's training someone else to become yeah, Hawkeye, I, which I think they'll show a little bit of in Endgame as well. I can't, I, well, it looks like the the girl that he's training looks like his daughter, and in the comics, yeah. the person that he trains, I, th- I think Kate Bishop. That's it. Yes, she, she becomes the, the new Hawkeye. Yeah. So, so maybe it's not his daughter who trains, or maybe they spin it on his head a little bit, you know. Yeah, I I think in Endgame, I think he's just training his daughter as you would, you know, if you were a master yeah. archer. But I think the TV series will be more comic like where he's he's actually training yeah. someone to be Hawkeye. And it is Jeremy Renner and, and I think I've heard heard a couple of people say the good thing about it is it's you know, look, Hawkeye we've 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 made jokes about plenty, let's be honest. Um Budget that we Green like Arrow. him as a character. He's massively underused, but he's just got bow and arrow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and it's a little bit like Scarlet uh, Black Widow, um, because she's limited um but then that said she's a really good character in winter soldier and she's important in the espionage kind of side of things do you know what i mean she's a she's a spy she's not just a she's not you know when you're getting into cosmic battles what's she going to do against thanos empty a clip it's not going to do a lot is it yeah. let's be honest so you know but for for taking it to a tv scale him using that on a more grounded level i think could work really well actually yeah definitely um so yeah so there's some good things announced um, it's going to be a huge thing. I mean, Apple TV's going big as well. They've got people like Spielberg involved. So we're all going to be signed up to about 86 different streaming networks by this time, two years' time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll just have to empty our bank balances to every source under the sun and just see what we've got. It's going to be a lot of content. I mean, there's a lot of content now, let alone what it's going to be like in two years' time. So, yeah, let's see what happens. But you know, moving to the biggest TV event right now. And it's a shame the Phasma link didn't quite hit in time. Um, obviously, Brienne in all her gigantic glory. We've got a massive opener for, for Game of Thrones. Some people a little bit underwhelmed. I thought it was about 
pitched perfect. They didn't, they didn't, you know, overdo anything in terms of it didn't need to be big on battle sequences straight off. You can't do that on episode one. It needs to reaffirm where they are in the story. Um, and there was, there was a lot years, of loose man. ends. It's been two years. It's... There was a lot of loose ends that they needed to tie up before they can yeah. get into the first battle. And, and the first major change that we notice on this was straight into the credits. I mean, I, I had heard oh. that the credits were going to be different, but yeah, I didn't I, think they were going to be completely from the ground up. Yeah. And I love the fact it starts off with arguably one of the biggest events that's happened in the entire show with the wall being down. And it looks like it's being taken like a, a logical path of this is the way that the army of the dead are going. So you see, it, they've it gone through the wall that way. Yeah. And then we first, you see those blue tiles flipping over, which lead them up to the last hearth, which yep. when you get into the show, that's where we come across Tormund and, um, Barrick Dondarian, which is good because until the trailer, we didn't even know if they were alive. The last we saw of them, they were on top of the wall trying to get down. It's really funny. I think they confirmed it in like subtitles or something on the show. You know when all, all you know when they put on titles for the hard of hearing or, or you know something like that. It's it, it it was where they just it confirmed and it said. You know, people flee and escape the wall while it's being torn down. Oh, ah, right. So people had confirmed like months ago or years ago that that had actually happened. But again, these things just circulate Twitter closer to the time. Do you know what I mean? So I think it was already known that they wouldn't just give Tormund the odd throwaway death. You know, I think they knew he was a little bit more important than that. Um, and if he's going to go out... I'm hoping he goes out. He goes out with a with the sledgehammer in his hand or something yeah. like that. And it but it would it, have been a cheap death for someone who's yeah. become quite an important character really in a lot of ways. It would and it would have pissed off a lot of people but you imagine that the see that the titles for the next one will show them now somewhere between the last hearth and Winterfell and then episode 3 we'll see the oh. blue tiles right up to Winterfell because we know oh, that's where the on, big they are there yes that that's where we know the first big action set piece and there was also a couple of other bits it was interesting um got to was, the got to did it do the crypts of Winterfell I can't remember if it yeah, did the they, crypts yeah they they went through the crypts of Winterfell which was interesting especially because we already know that we've already had one really important scene there with yeah. um, that's where John finds out his his Just real parentage. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler warnings! If you haven't seen episode one, which I don't think anyone listening to this at this stage will have not, but yeah, do do go and watch that episode maybe multiple times and then come back and listen. Yeah, um, and and we know there's there's other things going to be happening in in the future because we had that first teaser trailer, didn't we? We did. Of, um, John, Arya, and Sansa in the crypts. And you know, winter approaching well, them, so they, they've they've made a big deal. Sequence from the show. No, it wasn't. I... But the, the fact that it was set in the crypts to me was them sort of saying, "Look, this is there's some shit gonna go down in the crypts." Oh God, yeah, and, and, and then... I think they've hinted at that with the Aria teasers we've had. Yeah, of her running away scared. I think that's where that is. And then there, um... there was also a really good bit underneath King's Landing where you see the. Um, the scorpion weapon aiming at Balerion, the Black Dread skull. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was the other bit I was going to mention. That you, stood you, out. Get, you get the feel. Nothing that happens in the credits is accidental. Because if you watch a lot of the other ones, for example, when Daenerys was moving around Slaver's Bay, wherever yeah. she was, 
the cities looked a bit different. So when she was in Carth and when she was in Marine, the cities looked in a certain way. So like when Marine had been trashed in the in the intro to the next episode, the city was trashed and little bits of it were on fire. And I think there was a bit in um, after King's Landing was blown up, you know, after Cersei blew up the Sept. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that in the next episode that was that was different in the credits so i do i do like this the, the, i mean the credits and that opening that title music has always got me it, it's you know it's I mean? brilliant it always gets the hairs on the back of my neck standing up because nothing in there is an accident everything in there is a little easter egg which, which yeah is great and it's see. so well designed and I, I am glad that they've redone it um we used to say like with walking dead that opening sequences um, and the music when we loved that show like really loved it it's that again that really kicked um i think there's a lot to be said for a, a good intro sequence in a tv yeah. show if you ask me um and yeah it was really well designed put together i mean imagine the effort and the attention that goes into that kind of design I think they probably spend more phenomenal. on the credits than some shows do on actual episodes <laughs> That's that's where that's where the the wolf money is gone. Yeah, <laughs> used it all on the on the opening credits, and they're not allowed to. And that's where the elephant money's gone. That's, that's it. It's the elephant money. Elephants, because we are getting wolves in this. It's been confirmed that um, Ghost is coming back. Yes, we have, he, we have been confirmed. He, that. he spent I'm the whole of season seven pop up at some point. I just want it to happen because I mean Cersei was so disappointed. It's hilarious. For anyone that doesn't know, the whole of season seven, Ghost wasn't dead. Ghost was basically asleep. In Winterfell, yes. it was confirmed by um, one of the writers. He was having a long sleep. It was basically a, a nice be- nap. It was because they were using all of the wolf, but all the budget they used to use on Ghost was now going on the three dragons. Because obviously, exactly. if the dragons have got bigger, they're a lot more expensive. So um, yeah, so we we will have more wolfage, and then we go straight from the, from that into that brilliant opening scene of uh, which totally mirrors the first episode from the first season. The kid running through the forest because, of course, the first episode started off with the. Uh... Yeah, it basically mirrors. I mean, what a lot of this episode did is it mirrored episode one, season one. It mirrored um, the arrival of the Lannisters. Um, Not just that, Robert but you remember the, the the very first episode opened with all that shit going on in the forest with the those few oh, nights God, watchmen yeah. running away from the others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was yeah. that kid running through the forest, but then yeah, that kid becomes the. The latest incarnation of Arya running to catch up with the uh, the procession as it pulls into Winterfell. Yeah, and, and it was like Bran standing on the castle. Yeah, you know, looking at them coming in in amazement, and this time it's the kid. And there's a few nods to now Arya is tall enough to see them come in. Do you know yeah, what I mean? And, and, and I she like sort that. of smirks, doesn't she, as the kid goes past her? And I like to think she was sort yeah. of thinking, "That was me." You know, a few yeah, years ago. and they've shown a few good touches. I mean, she's one of our favorite characters, if not my favorite character. Um, and she has some great moments in this episode, but um, she's got she's got a great Maisie Williams has got that really good, like expressive face. She's you know got a I mean? wonderful she, wry smile. Yes, yeah, you you put it better than I did. She <laughs> she really does, and um, there's a few moments with her, and we'll talk about the other, you know, other moments of who she, you know, obviously John and Gendry and whatnot. Um, but it hound. was it was lovely, yeah, and the hound as well, um, which was great. Um, and it is great to have, as much as Game of Thrones is known for 
um, killing off characters. We, it, I think it did at a rate of knots early in the show, and then it somewhat slowed down with the key characters. Do you know what I mean? As it's progressed a little bit. Um, well, it's not slowed down that much, but a lot of these characters that were very original characters still are here. Um, and it's great because, you know, a lot of them are coming back to Winterfell or coming there for the first time, but a lot of characters were being reintroduced to each other. There was a lot of parallels, as you said. There's a lot of connotations from what's gone on in the past. And There was people that were even in that procession. I only noticed on my second viewing, when they pulled in, Podrick mm. was stood just behind yeah, Santa, yeah. and then Brienne was stood directly behind it, and we never saw anything of them in that episode. No, and the, th- and the thing is with it, the six episodes, we know there's some quite crucial battle sequences. We'd imagine at least two. There's got to be one at Winterfell and then one further south, King's either Landing. at yeah. or near King's Landing. Yeah, so there'll be two, at least two major ones. Um, but there's obviously going to be other other parts in play, maybe some things at, at sea as well. Um, so it's going to be interesting how that, that happens. Um but also, a lot of this story is is about wrapping up all that's gone on before with these characters. And it's not just about the main characters. We know at some stage we're going to get the Hound versus the Mountain, or at least we Oh, We, 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 we know we are getting Clegane Bowl this season, as yeah. it's been dubbed. And things like that. So there's going to be a lot to come. Do you know what I mean? There's, and there's a lot of things. You know, Brienne and Jamie is going to be really interesting. There's a lot of characters that have developed these relationships. And we're talking, some of them haven't seen each other for, for many years. I mean, we've just both done rewatches of the show and you look back to Gendry's um, and Joe Dempsey's, I really love him as an actor. He was in Skins back in the day and he's done some really good stuff. He's a great guy. He's very charismatic. And I'm glad that he, he, he survived all that time because we we thought for a seasons with all those memes and jokes about him going off on his boat and never coming back. Do you know what I mean? So it was great that he did come back the last series. Um, but it was season two when Arya and Gendry were travelling together. Do you know what I mean? You're Jeez. talking you're talking six, seven, eight years ago. Maisie Williams was she was a, a kid, a child, you know, and he he was a young guy. I mean, he's obviously grown up a bit since then, and you know they haven't seen each other for all that time. So it's just funny, these relationships, you know, they, they weren't all embracing, do you know what I mean? But there was a lot of nod backs to Milady and all those kind of remarks. And I just loved it because those are the things, those are the payoffs that you wait around for as a fan. Do you know what I mean? They're the kind of moments you go, yeah, I've been waiting for that. Do you know what I mean? I'm waiting for those two to meet each other again. It was the same when Maisie Williams bumped into Hot Pie or whatever his name was, Hot, Hot Pie. Pie. Hot Pie, who in real life, which I linked you to. Is yeah, he is actually a baker and he, he does make yeah. those wolf-shaped loaves. <laughs> die wolves, die wolf breads or whatever. He yeah. It's just genius. Um, but stuff like that, I love the full circle in the show. It, some of it does make me sad that Tywin Lannis is not still alive, actually, because there's so much of a payoff that he could do with some of these characters. Do you know what I mean? But then Cersei would never have gone on the journey she's gone on, let's be honest. So yeah. he's... And, and Tyrion wouldn't either. Tyrion never yeah. would have gone across the narrow sea, never would have aligned with Daenerys, and arguably he's been the reason why she's now become a serious, not just a conqueror, but a ruler, right. because now she's got somebody who knows about ruling and about how to have a kingdom by her side, whereas previously she was, she was you know, 
the breaker of chains and all the rest of it, but she probably didn't have anyone in her service who was actually good enough to, yeah. to help her lead properly. And speaking of which, I mean, Tyrion has that great link up with Sansa in this episode. Yeah, um, I, I've, I've got some quotes um, noted down. Last time we spoke was at Joffrey's wedding, a miserable affair, and she just smirks and says, well, it had its moments, <laughs> which which was nice. Yeah, and then she said, did he say to her, uh, why did you run away or something, or that we both got out anyway, eventually, or something like that. It was quite a nice kind of nod to each other that they... They both survived what hell happened in King's Landing, do you know what I mean? And it was hell for both of them. Um, but she also said about, you believe Cersei. And I thought, I always thought you were the smartest man in the world, did you yeah, say? Yeah, I thought and, you were the smartest man in the world. And I loved that because actually, you know, I was always quite anti Sansa, as most people would know. And during the rewatch, I was a little bit more sympathetic to her story. I think when I always looked back, because I was such an Arya fan, it was she sold out the butcher's boy and she didn't stand by her sister and her family. Do you know what I mean? And then she stayed at King's Landing forever and ever and ever. But she was just so scared. But at one point she was just trying to emulate Cersei. Do you know what I mean? She wanted to be queen. And it's interesting how it's gone so full circle. And now she's become such a smart, player and I think that the sequences with Littlefinger and, and what happened to him and how she basically played him really kind of changed my opinion and then actually slowly I'm coming round to her quite a lot more than I did um, and I think because Sophie Turner's quite a cold actress on, on set you know the way she plays it she's quite stern faced and, and that's the way the character is she's quite hard to like at times but yeah. I've come around to really respect her I think she's a really interesting character and I think she's got a massive part to to play even maybe who, who sits on the throne at the end or whether she is queen of the north at one point or not do you know what I mean it's going to be quite intriguing how it plays out with her in it for, you know and whether she's got a tactile mind for it because we know Tyrion was heavily involved Battle of Blackwater do you know what I mean the, the only significant battle we've seen with a castle wall involved, do you know what I mean? So he was quite important in that. But the decisions he's made over the last couple of series have really let Daenerys down somewhat. He's he's he got played a little bit with the situation of going, you know, sending the the army to was it it wasn't to Dawn, it, it, it was, was to Rock. Castle Rock. Yeah. And he, he got played by all the stuff in Slaver's Bay where he gave them seven years to end slavery oh yeah and then they came back and they absolutely trashed the city and they were trying to slaughter everyone and it only got better because daenerys and the dragons came back and she she torched all the gyps you know he's fallen for cersei's he actually believed that she was going to send an army north i mean how did he believe that do you know what i mean how can he trust his sister but i guess maybe just it's 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 his sister do you know what i mean it's the family loyalties for all of his faults he He's he's loyal to his family even when he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be loyal to all of them because you know no. Jamie's always had his back. Oh but yeah. The rest of him, you know, is he didn't trust his father because his father never gave him any reason to. And saying, well, he did Cersei. end up murdering his father with a crossbow, but you know. Yeah, but you know, he, he tried to explain it, didn't he? And said, "Do you honestly believe I was going to let them execute you? I was going to yeah. make sure that you got sent to the wall." And and he had no proof of that because, as far as oh, he no. knew, 
he was going to die the next day. So you can't oh, sort no, of blame I, and him. Shea was in his bed for Christ's sake. And, you know and what it, I mean? it, I completely it did just sound like Tywin was trying to talk himself out of dying on the shitter. <laughs> but I mean, Do you it, know, in the books, it says that he what, empties his bowels as he gets shot. Or something. Yeah, quite I, I, I'm not long I, in the books. I've just started book four. I've just got up to Arya's arrived at the House of the Dead. Oh, um, do you know what? Let me know. House of Black I, and White. Let me know what happens with that because I'm intrigued by that. I, I I put out a couple of tweets about her, how magical that is. Do you know what I mean? Because when she was taken on and she became Walder Frey, it just seemed to change not just her, obviously face and voice, but her physical appearance. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I know maybe you can't shrink someone because it's an actor playing that part. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's not. But I'm just intrigued by it all how how they can take on different forms. Obviously, Jack and Hagar, you know, is uh, briefly he's a, he's a, a black man. He looks like he's a you know man of the religious kind of guy at, at the start of whenever she arrives there. Do you know what I mean? So it's intriguing what that actually means in the books, or whether they've explained that how magic it is. I guess they can't ever explain it fully, but I think in the books they might go into more detail than they do in the show. Yeah, on things like that. So, yeah, it's intriguing if she ever gets to wear a, another face or not. Ah, oh, yeah, I'm not sure it's going to happen, but you'd like to think it will. Well, she took a few with her, didn't she? Yes. When when she she left, she stole a few. Um. And you just wonder. I'm hoping she. I'm hoping she survives. Obviously, the whole thing, but I am intrigued where they go with it because I mean, who's left on the list? Is she really going to kill the hound? I. I I I don't think she will. I I think, I think the hounds come changed. off the list. Yeah. But she was great in this episode. Obviously, we said about um, Sansa's meeting with with Tyrion. It's intriguing. Sansa did did not bend the knee as such, but she was quite welcoming of Daenerys. But she did explain some practical elements about the fact that how the hell are they going to feed them all? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? What, like, does, what is... does a dragon eat anyway? Whatever yeah, they want. Exactly. I even said that along with her because you could just see that she was telegraphing it. Yeah. And there was, yeah, uh, just going back to the beginning of Winterfell, how imposing did it look with that stream of Unsullied and Dothraki walking oh, up the road? And it was about it was, five it was amazing, miles of, of just men trotting in perfect synchronization and then of course yeah, and then the two bloody dragons, the fucking though, dragons yeah. and there was a lovely bit of symbology symbology symbolism with symbolism. daenerys on the left john on the right white and black ice and fire i thought yeah. that was really nice but then when the dragons some really come... good moments like there's some like we've seen some of those in the trailers but there's a lot of moments you could take as a shot and like print it out and stick it on a wall do you know what i mean it's a really well shot episode and then there's a couple of those sequences were just amazing i mean we'll talk about the the dragons in a little bit more detail there's a couple of sketchy flying shot moments i think with green screen but in terms of the way the dragons look they've come up such a level do you know what i mean when they're just on the ground they just look amazing now they put a load of effort and time into it and presumably budget as well the dragons i thought looked especially good um like you say, up close, when there was the bit when yes. John and Daenerys were kissing, that look. Oh, when, when Drogon gave her a look. Yeah, the, 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 there was <laughs> one scene. Look, yeah. Normally, the, there's not been many scenes where you've got that good a look at their faces, but it, it no. looked, it looked real. It looked like a real dragon standing there. Yeah, and it's 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 honestly it's infinitely, infinitely more than. 
I've seen. You know, it, it's so much better than it looked. If you, you know, they put so much effort into it, and the show was never built on that big a budget. Don't get me wrong. This, it's still for the the spectacle of it. It's, you know, there's shooting in multiple locations around the world, albeit Iceland, Croatia, and, and Belfast, and the main. You know, I know Marine was probably shot other places, you know, the stuff over these certainly more desert based, but the other things are, are great. I know they shot some of the stuff in Spain um last year. What's the Dragonstone was shot in Spain and it looks amazing those Yeah, actual, I've I've seen the footage of it. Yeah. And and they've they've added bits onto it. Like I think they've added the giant oh, walkway. Yeah. And obviously they've added anything that's dragon related, but the thing itself looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. And we know and that I, King's Landing's even... all in Dubrovnik. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I mean I was in Dubrovnik and I didn't go on the Game of Thrones tour, but I wasn't quite as crazy all those years back when or maybe it had only just died, but um it, some of the locations and the practical locations are how this kind of holds up. Do you know what I mean? Because they are real locations. Yeah. And the reason it took so long to shoot this time is because there was a lot more um, winter stuff based in Iceland. Do you know, there was a lot more cold weather shots that they needed to take and a lot more production values gone into this. So two years instead of one. And I mean, we know for a fact that the, the battle at, at Winterfell is 55 days worth of night shoots in a row in Belfast. I mean, that is unbelievable. And I saw Some a thing films from... get made in three weeks. Films get made in three or four weeks, not 55 days. And when they're doing those things, I'm sure I saw something saying they're shooting for about 16 hours a day. John said, he said they were all done at one point. Like they were so exhausted, the cast. Do you know what I mean? They were so ready for it to end. As much as they love it, do you know what I mean? It was just such a slog. Um, I mean, so they we must are going to get Cause, we cause... are going to get phenomenal television. Some of these episodes are just going to be groundbreaking. Yeah, it's just it's just you know, and I, and I think looking back at season seven, I think some of the issues people have got is you've gone from ten, 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 ten episodes a season to seven, and it did rush a little bit in the last season. I think if you rewatch that, I did feel like the classic Game of Thrones storytelling, the slightly slower, methodical approach, had just been ramped up. But at the end of the day, we know the characters well enough now. Do you know what I mean? What more can they do with the characters? It's all about getting on that throne and how that happens. And obviously the battle with the the White Walkers, which has been the longer overarch from even, like you said, episode one, minute one, was all about the White Walkers. It wasn't yeah. about King's Landing. It wasn't about the throne. It was about the White Walkers. So I think all that considered, we're now ready for the battle but i think what this episode shows is that we still need those character relationships we still need those you know those moments that just remind you of where those characters have come and and what it means to them all and it was great to be back in winterfell really because i know we've been there before but i think we're going to get a lot more time there and i always feel it's a strange thing to say, but I feel more at home in Winterfell. Do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah, I'm, that's I'm where the, the characters I love are. And, and, I, I and prefer all up. the winter stuff. I prefer yeah. much more when they're in the north than when they're in King's Landing because that's where the show started. The, the show yeah. started covered in snow and White Walkers and Die Wolves and Starks, and that's where I want it to finish. Yeah, me too. I mean, King's Landing is obviously the most other prominent, but when you look at Marine and... and and dawn and all that kind of stuff. I never felt 
I never felt as comfortable, not comfortable, but I never enjoyed those episodes as much. My I, stuff I that I really didn't like was um, all the Greyjoy stuff. I really oh, God, didn't yeah. like most of the stuff. And in the books, it's even worse. I thought I really struggled with the chapters when they were on, you know, the Iron admit, Island and that. The rush job in this episode was the rescuing of... Yeah, that was that came out of nowhere. It was literally, there was no talk of it. Then all of a sudden, you've got a guy with an arrow in the back of his head. Thwip, thwip, thwip. And then it's like, okay, let's save Yara. Punch him in the face. Three bows. Like, that's just easy to it, do. It I was just, just... It was it just, kind of baffling. It felt like they'd just thrown it in there. Because they needed it, to get Yara out. Because they, need, they needed to... Yeah, it, it just I don't know, and and what what part are they going to play now? Do you know what I mean? Are they just going to bugger off back to the Iron Islands? Except, um, well, the, well, Theon we know is heading up to Winterfell. Yeah, but because is it he, just going to be Theon? I mean, what's the point? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like Theon will just rock up like Jamie did, and it'll be like, oh, so you're adding a army of one. Brilliant. What are you going to do? Do you know what I mean? It's like, don't get me wrong, it just didn't. I don't know. It felt like the only rushed part of the episode and felt a little bit pointless. Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think is that maybe something happens and Yara is able to wrestle the Iron, wrestle the Iron Fleet away from, from Euron. Yeah, I, I'm wondering whether Euron has a battle at some point at sea with with that, you know, like with Yara and, and some level of the army. You know, I, I, I've got to do something because otherwise kind of what's the point a little bit you know euron as a character is interesting again he had some great lines in this episode i don't like him that much um he's quite he's funny bit, he's quite funny i thought this episode actually i mean I, like i said i went he just really he had that it. one serious moment when he was talking to cersei and he and you know she she had a really good line if you want a whore buy one if you want a queen earn her Yes. And then he's and then he, he for once for the first time since he's been introduced he seemed to drop the 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 veil and he said, well he what did. more does she want you know I've brought her justice and obviously he's talking about Yara I've brought yeah. her an army I've brought her this that and the other what more can I give and it was the first time he's actually seemed genuine with no bravado but of yeah. course he was only doing it because in his own words I'm gonna fuck the queen because <laughs> that he's made such a big deal about the fact that that's what he wants he just wants to get Cersei into bed. I do. The one moment I really did like of his was in the last season and he did, when he was talking to Jamie about what she likes in bed. Finger in the bum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it just, it just had me in stitches because I don't know, I just, that summed him up as a character. And, and look, he's not the most well-rounded. They've just seemingly thrown him in there, do you know what I mean? And not given him much of a an interesting backstory or whatnot. But but I think he's going to play a part, and obviously he brings in the Golden Company, and that's what Cersei wanted. Chelsea I, I wanted think he's been added, because unless I, I wasn't paying attention in the books, he was more of a priest on the Iron Islands. Um, and I know I know the guy, the Golden Company, you know, the, the actor, he was supposed to be a portly, balding man, so they yeah. obviously handsomed him up slightly and made him a quite younger general of, a, of type, and obviously the Golden Company, the ones that are a paid for mercenary, some of the best fighters in, in the land. So, you know, she's amassing an army ready and for a battle at one stage. The key thing and, with them is that you know, the Golden Company was originally founded by Targaryens. Yes. 
they were founded by some of the Targaryen bastards from the, I think it was from the Blackfyre yeah. Rebellion, it's where there were like really seven of them. It is going to be really interesting. What plays out at King's Landing, and obviously Cersei is, is played Tyrion. I mean, no one else, maybe even Daenerys believed it, but I mean, she was never going to send anything. Well, I, I, I spotted an article before, and it was say it was talking about is she really pregnant, and there oh, was a bit. Uh, I she was drinking wine during the. She was drinking wine, and also when he said to her, "I'm going to put a prince in your belly," she started crying, and I think she's lost the baby, but her oh, plan now yeah. is she's going to try and get pregnant by Euron because she wants another kid. Yeah. Um, but we we, we go back to um to Winterfell and one of everyone's favourite characters of the last couple of years was um Liana Mormont. Yeah. Um her face when she sees Daenerys and she's like, what, she must be twelve and she's there giving this woman with two two dragons the stinkiest stink eye you've ever seen in she your life. She gives no shit. She will back down from nobody, that girl. I That's why her. she's I fucking she's brilliant. Like... She's a proper yeah. little badass. Like when they were asking her for fighters and she was giving them, it was like 52. And she said, ah, but each each man from the uh, the Bear yeah. Isles fights with the strength of 10 men. And they're like, I, okay, I... but it's still only fucking 50. And she's like, don't give a shit. They're going to kill more people than your guys will kind of thing. She's just great. Yeah. And she's, and it is interesting. I mean, there was a couple of moments where, you know, that, you know, Varys and um, Tyrion were talking maybe with someone else about, the best solution here is to those two to get married. Do you know what I mean? And it was quite an interesting moment because they were talking about how they're going to get stubborn North people. Oh, it was course. Who is it? What's his name? The, is he Geordie? Um, Davos. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking um, to Davos. Uh, yeah. Trying and Davos to get them saying, to Look, I've spent enough time up here to know that these people don't give a shit where you're from. They're stubborn. You know, they're, they, they don't take to you lightly. So it is going to be interesting how, you know, Daenerys adapts to that and how, you know, I guess you'll learn them. They don't give a shit that she's got dragons almost. They just, you know, and, and also they've not seen the army of the dead yet. Do you know what I mean? They've not seen what's to come. They might believe it and they know it's coming, but until they see the destruction, they don't understand the peril. I mean, they're talking about food stores. I understand what Sansa means, but food's not going to matter if all your population are dead. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It doesn't matter at that stage. So, you know, it is going to be interesting. Um, it was, I mean, there was a lot of other things. Um, there's so many reunions in this, and we haven't even got to talking about John and riding a bloody dragon yet, but we'll oh, talk about John. John and, John and Arya's reunion was absolutely brilliant. It was really well pitched. I mean, those two are probably the closest Starks together, do you know what I mean? And I not mean, just Rob that, was... but they're the only ones that each other is close with. John was never close with anyone else, and Arya no. was never. They get on well because she's the she's the tomboy and he's the bastard. Yeah. Both of them are like the outcasts of the kids. Yeah, they were like the black sheep. And exactly. and that that was the reunion that everyone wanted because Bran now is is basically dead inside, isn't he? Since oh, he became the third eye raven. The, the... John looked at him and just realised it's not him anymore. Yeah, and I mean, the I, moment presumably at some said, point, oh, your baby dragon has just gone off and he's with the Night King now. Yeah, that was cold. <laughs> like we haven't got time fuck. to piss around. But I mean, Bran is cold. He's the coldest but, character there is. John, of course, will will find out why. He'll realise, won't he? After everything he's been through, and you know, he's got the whole of human history in his head. Yeah. So he he really 
can't be that concerned with all these other things that are going no, on. No, surely not. So, it, but the, the Arya one was really, really good. And, you know, they're exchanging swords and stuff. And Yeah, I, I and there is when, the moment she where she backs him, Sansa, which is really interesting because in the past she never would have done that. And, well, John was surprised, wasn't he? And she yeah, said, you was. know, she's, she's the cleverest person I've ever met. And that's... That's pretty high praise, but her problem has never been Sansa's intelligence. It's just she hated the fact that she was the girly girl. But they've obviously you saw in they, season they found seven a lot of mutual respect, mutual and respect they, because they, they both know what front, they've been to. They put on a lot of front to Littlefinger that they were hating each other when in truth, actually, they've survived so much. Do you know what I mean? They both had similar journeys. I mean, Sansa's journey is horrific. Do you know what I mean? Like with all the stuff that went on with Ramsay. nobody really has suffered as much as she has. You no. think everything she's gone through with the forced marriages, and especially what happened when she was married to, to Ramsay, you know oh, she, she's been through the the mill many, many, many times yeah. over. I mean, John did get stabbed six times and die, but you know, other than and yet that, he's still only second best to her. Yeah, no, I know, um, and that's the thing; they've all come through so much. It's like no one's had an easy ride of it, maybe except Popeye, who just found a nice kitchen to work in, but everyone else has been beaten and battered and bruised and you know it's it's been a well Theon's had a pretty rough ride of things but I mean maybe people say he deserved it um so it's it's interesting isn't it what what's gone on I think Theon and Sansa having somewhat of a reunion would be interesting because they both survived together do you know what I mean they yeah and, and she does seem to have she seems to have put behind her yeah, I think so. What I think so. Everything that he did, I think she understands now well, that he didn't so really have lost, a choice. Do you know what I mean? They've just all had so much heartache. Anyway, it's hard. It's it's hard to to move on with their lives, but they they've got something more impending. You know, they can all talk politics and 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 all this, but the war is what's what's looming large. That's the thing that matters the most. Yeah. Um. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be obviously the next episode. I think it'll be a lot more focused on, on, on preparation for the battle. But we're not going to get the battle till episode three. So it's going to be interesting that the big moment really is is Jamie arriving at the end. Um, there was a... because how is he going to be treated? And and because I don't, he's certainly not going to be welcomed. He's got no bloody army with him, so they're not going to pardon him. Do you know? And what no I mean? one's going to believe that he's not there, either as a double agent or as a spy. Yeah, but except the, Tyrion, but they're not going to well, trust Tyrion because it's he's not brother. Tyrion. It'll be Bran, because of course Bran sees everything. Bran will see the conversation, and he will. I think he will be the one that vouches for him and says, "No, yeah. he's left. He's left." And that'll Cersei. be the full circle moment because it's it's Bran who uh, it's it's originally it's it's the situation that that kicked it all off, isn't it? It's it's Bran being pushed out the window. Basically, that's that what started, started the war everything. of the what was it? The war of the five kings was yeah. all started by Bran being pushed out the window because everything went to shit after then. And yeah, just before we move away from that, the Lannisters. Yeah. There, there was that re- there was a brilliant line from Arya as well when um, when John's beaming over Needle and he says, oh, have you ever used it? And she says, mm, once or twice. Once and or she, twice. She's yeah. got a really pensive look on her face. And to me, it almost looked like she was ashamed, like she thinks... John wouldn't like to find out because she's done some pretty fucking deplorable things, hasn't she? In the name of survival, well, I mean, and then in the name of revenge. Some of the like the the death sequence, you know, where obviously he, the man uses the sword on her friend, 
and stabs him in the neck. And then she and then does the she same does thing the same. to him. And of course, and what she did really to Walder Frey. Walder Frey's situation was, was incredible. That was brilliant. Um, can't remember how she killed the man who liked the younger girls in when she was in. Oh, she stabbed him in the eyes. Oh, yes. She she dressed up as one of the... Um, I know, she dressed up as a younger girl. One yeah. of the, the, the young like prostitutes. And then when he was beating her, she um, she jumped at him, Started stabbed him in the she? eyes, and yeah. she stabbed him about 50 times in the chest. Oh, Christ. Yeah. And I then mean... she was like, do you know who I am? And she made sure, you know, that he knew it was it was her. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that was it's... a really, really good line. It was, um, it was. And, um, and then after, after that scene-wise, because I'm, I'm trying to go sort of chronologically. Yeah, I really don't do chronological. That's when but... we first saw the um, the Iron Fleet, and that's where we saw the, the Golden Company, because we'd seen them in yeah. the trailer, hadn't we? Yeah, and, and they were always coming, because Cersei's got no other options, really, and their army's pretty much toasted. Well, well, that's um, why Jamie left, wasn't it? One of the main reasons was Jamie was trying to get through her thick head We've got nobody. We've got, got no absolutely chance. nobody got no left. You've got two and dragons. He's seen them in action, she said. You know what two I mean? dragons, no a Dothraki horde, and the Unsullied. And everyone knows the Unsullied are rated as the best fighters. The Dothraki, well, train, Dothraki trained to shoot arrows on horseback from by the time they can walk. And then two fucking dragons. And it, it's, again, it, it's... Jamie's redemption arc, and he's trying to bring her along for the ride, but she's too fucking stubborn and stupid and proud to. We to wouldn't see. have much of a show without her being stubborn and stupid and proud. I mean, this Lena is true. Edie is just phenomenal. She's that, very, she's a fantastic villain. She's she, really she good. She is, I think, and she and she always has been. But there's, there's it's moments. since Tywin died. Since Tywin yeah. died, and she became the head of the family, she's come on leaps and bounds. And she, she doesn't really she's grieve shown. for Tommen. Do you know what I mean? She just doesn't no. grieve for her son. I mean, it, it, it kills her that because um, she's killed everyone involved with the High Sparrow stuff. We said we said it ourselves like the Sparrow stuff dragged on too long. I think. Yeah, I think we, season we, five we both agreed, didn't we? That during our it, it was a drag, but then the last three episodes were unbelievably oh, good. Amazing. It's like the whole yeah. show was season five was in second gear. And then they got to episode eight and it was like, right, foot down, turbocharge, fucking warp speed. And it yeah. was just a hundred million miles an hour. And then um, it was gutting. But then season six comes in and that's when everything starts getting real. But yeah, since since Tywin died, Cersei's been, well, she said herself, didn't she? She's the son that her father never got because Jamie was yep. too interested in being a knight. Tywin, uh, Tyrion was never going to be anything other than a disappointment so that the, the family has to be run by her but now there's no one left there's only the two of them and it is i mean it's a show run by strong female powers her sansa who she almost groomed for that role do you know what i mean it's 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 almost part of her upbringing because she spent such a long time in king's landing and obviously cersei Cersei's so dismissive of her you know little bird this and all that yeah that it's she was always so if, I do want Sansa to face Cersei at some point. I want that to happen. I, I really want her do. to be there when Cersei dies. And I noticed another thing. Do you know when she was, when she'd finished with Euron, I was getting vibes when she was taught when Cersei in like maybe season one or two, she was telling 
um, Sansa about the importance of their sexuality and she was saying like you know you've been given a gift and basically yes. you can make men do anything just by sleeping with them and basically that's what she's done with Euron he's been whinging oh, I've done all this for you and you won't sleep with me all she's got to do is fucking once and now we'll be as happy as anything and she knows all she's got to do is just lie back and think of Westeros for you know a few minutes and now we'll be on top of the world and she could send him to do anything she could say go and fight the dragon single-handedly and he would because he's got his end away yeah pretty much i mean you're on live for that that's his moment in his life that's all basically yeah he he, he can Um, die happy now yeah essentially um it's it's interesting i'm glad they gave it was all albeit quite brief i'm glad the cersei stuff did get some attention because i I did fear it was just going to be just the North and, and the night, you know, just the army, the dead and, you know, and they didn't even see the army, let's be honest. But um, we saw one pretty phenomenal moment in relation to the Night King, which we, I guess, could talk about now. And then we'll talk about Daenerys and, and John and, and the revelation about his, his parenthood. But so this, this young Umber, is he an Umber? Yeah, Umber? he was Lord Umber because yeah. he, he was in the situation. And he popped his little head around where he's about 12 years old, if that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, he's certainly nothing like the, the little bear. Um, and he asked for some support to get his, his, his it felt quite set up, <laughs> for some support to get his, um, get his troops and, and, and get his, his people to Winterfell. And the Night's Watch discovered after Tormund popped up and he said, he's got blue eyes. I've yeah, always I've had always eyes. had blue eyes. <laughs> the only Which fucking thing he says in the whole episode and he gets the best line. And Indeed. I was really surprised that Ed was there because I don't think in the trailer when we saw Barrick, uh, no. Barrick and Tormund, I don't think Ed was in there. I think they CGI'd him out. And I, I really like Ed because he's the only yeah. one of John's friends other it's than fine. Sam. Because you had yeah. Ed, Gren and... Yeah, I can't remember the two. The, the two died at the, the, the battle with the the Norbert, with the wildlings, didn't they? I can't remember one how died. Pip died, but Gren was the one that died defending the gate from the giant. From the giant. The other one died. Did he get? Um, I think he got shot he, with an arrow. He got shot by her, didn't he? Um, yes. The, yeah. Yeah, I think he did. I think he got shot by Ygritte. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. They're, they're you know of his true friends, of his original friends. There is a sequence. I, I think I've seen a trailer or a clip where they're standing at Winterfell together. Um, him and John and whatever the guy's name you just said. Ed Dolores <laughs> Ed. Ed. And they're standing at the top of Winterfell on a castle, and it looks like they're looking over the wall like they oh, did. Oh, brilliant! And I, it's a nice, again, nice playback to what we've had. It, before. it looks like the um, season's going to have a lot of. The foreshadowing moments from the early seasons yeah. paid off, but then a lot of callbacks to iconic and, and moments. And they're really great callbacks, and and they are, and they are iconic moments in TV yeah. history, really. Um, and you're right; it, it was great that they were together, and they discovered a present the Night King had left for them, which was quite brutal. It was the the Umber Kid um, with all the with all the arms around all the arms. That that symbol is something we've seen in the caves. Yeah, I noticed that. Well, that that spiral's been there since the first episode when they found all the the dead bodies um, from the others. They and the horses and stuff, they were all arranged. That spiral means something. It means something quite crucial and I'm really intrigued what they reveal I mean, the Night King revelation stuff, I think I've gone full circle and think it's not Bran now. I don't know. No, I, I don't, I just think, don't it think it is. I don't think it is. I think he's um, linked, but I don't think it's actually like a, 
timey-wimey no. brand from the future because that would be a bit silly now. Yeah, I think it would just be too... And I just felt with that episode because we've only got six of them. I don't feel like they can do that. I, I don't think they've got the time to necessarily do a full... The, the prequel series they're doing is is a long way in the past. Yeah. And so they might. Oh, it's meant to be on the thousands and thousands. Yeah. Of years. So they ago. might look at the creation of White Walkers or something different. Do you know what I mean? We'll see. All I want is the Doom of Valeria. That's the the yeah. scene I want to see because that's because the way they have the poetry written about it, it looks and sounds incredible. Yeah. And like the. It's going to be interesting. The age of how heroes they, and, and there's all so that. much mythology behind the whole show and, and what they can do. They've oh, it's phenomenal. I've potential. said this to Michelle. Yeah. Even if you don't like fantasy and even if you don't like Game of Thrones, you've got to appreciate the depth of writing that George R. R. Martin does. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, and, he and writes things that happened 5,000 like years ago. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't like Lord of the Rings because, you know, there's a lot of direct links. George R. R. Martin is, is definitely influenced by Tolkien's work because. And it's hard uh, not I, to be. You know, no, of course, because and, and he's the probably influenced by like Terry Pratchett as well. Exactly, you know, you're influenced by these great um, fantasy writers who have, have built worlds and built languages and built, you know, uh, built on all these mythologies we know. Do you know what I mean? There's some great things, and that's why we we particularly like Thor and when they delve deep into that kind of North mythology stuff. Yeah, and even God of War and stuff like that, because I find it all really fascinating. Oh, well, this um, this is what I always love about the Assassin's Creed games. Because they yeah. delve into real historical events, and especially the last couple of games, um, Origins and Odyssey, they've delved into a lot of like ancient Egypt. On um, a very side note, stuff like very, it's very sad events to what happened in Notre Dame and the fire. Um, the images that came out from the inside looked pretty good, but at Assassin's Creed, they 3D mapped the whole of Notre Dame to use yeah. it in one of the games. And so actually that might come in. They've said that that might come in really handy when they're wow. doing the reconstruction process. So who said gamers aren't important? Do you know yeah. I mean? Let's be honest. Um, and you're right. It's great when, when games and, and, and films and TV shows lean into all this stuff because people don't really realize the, the depth of where this, this quality of content comes from and where it leans into. And there's some fantastic material out there that, that is really, I mean, these people have minds like such imaginations. Do you know I mean, what I mean? You, you can't even phenomenal. fathom the, no. the the sort of details that. Well, Tolkien, that Tolkien goes based into. a lot of his work on on Europe, so he, you know, UK is Hobbit, uh, the Shire, and all that kind of stuff, and all the different realms and the different, and it's a bit like Game of Thrones. Different periods or different places around the world will be different scenery different weather different ecosystems different people different backgrounds all that kind of stuff but then he you know he's doing dwarves and elvish and elves and creating languages and it's just it's just mad it's just crazy the lengths that, that people can go to um i mean george is dragging his heels to get these books completed let's be honest um but i think it'll happen hopefully um eventually and what what Some do you think about Bronn? Is, is amazing. Do you actually oh. see Bronn killing or even oh. trying to kill either of the um, no the Lannisters? I can't, I can't. I mean, I know he's a man for hire. I know he is, but he does deep down have some principles. Yeah, I, I said before I I worry, to someone. I do worry he's going to kill one of them, though. I'm just worried that it's going to happen. And, and maybe he might kill Tyrion and then Jamie avenges him and has to fight Bronn and I just or vice versa I don't that would actually know. be quite telling considering Bronn was the one that taught him how to fight left handed yeah that's I just and that, that, that would be another callback to those scenes he King's did Landing, you know when he, I mean? when when he pulls his fucking hand the, off the dock. yeah 
I, I don't know. I, I can't. I hope see it he doesn't, because Tyrion is my Tyrion and Arya are my two favourite characters, and if either yeah. of them go, I would be absolutely heartbroken. I mean, Tormund and Bronn, is a, and and I even like the Hound. Some of the sub characters I love, but. But the the key characters, Tyrion and, and, and yeah, yeah, of of the main characters, because yeah. everyone knows my favourite non-main character is uh, is Tormund, and then Bronn. John, John, I waver. Sometimes I love him, and sometimes I'm a bit like, oh, come on, dude. Do you know what I mean? He's playing a little bit like a lovesick puppy at the minute, and I'm just not sure it works in the context. I want him to. I, I, and the thing is, when he commands a, an army, he's something else, isn't he, John? Do you know what I mean? Battle John seems to be at his best yeah. when he's fighting, but yeah, when he's yeah. trying to get involved in politics, he's a bit he's too whiny, and he needs yeah. to leave that stuff to Sansa because she's been groomed for that, as you were saying yeah. by Cersei. She, she's been groomed for leadership in yeah, one Yeah, it's going to be interesting that Sansa and Tyrion, who are technically still married, although they didn't consummate it, so we'll see. <laughs> um... But those two are um, potentially going to be giving the orders. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. Daenerys is unhinged in battle. She'll go off and... and uh, yeah, you know, she's too emotional. Thing. Like, yeah. she lost her... The, and the, John's almost too emotional. The, yeah. the dragon being lost was her fault because everyone told her, don't go. And especially that was when um, Tyrion had that talk with her about the succession. What happens if you die? Well, what would have happened if she'd been on that dragon and the spear had gone in? She was dead as a doornail. And then the Dothraki would have fucked off. The Unsullied yeah. would have been a bit unhinged. And yeah, she she's far too impulsive. She's, but that's she's where done her well and by John leaning, work. She's done well by leaning a little bit more into... Her advisors. Yes, that's what I was going to say. She, she understands the importance of them. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's a lot of great fighters still left. It's going to be a huge battle and... And I, I wonder how tactical they're going to be. They don't have, you know, they're making all these weapons, which we see Gendry making. Obviously, Arya asks him for a specific dagger and whatnot. I, I um, can't Valerian wait Valerian Steel is going it, to be involved, obviously. It, um, it looks like a staff with a, with a removable Valerian Steel tip. Uh, sorry, dragon glass like tip. Yeah. We know she I mean, needs... it's going to be interesting because I think they're all going to fight with swords and weapons. But well, do you know what I they'll, think they'll it is? They'll have daggers that can kill them. Do you know what I mean? Like they did in, in, in Series 7. Where they, I, I wonder know, if she's going to have swords. dragon glass on one end and she's able to... Sorry, yeah, dragon glass on one end and she might be able to use a knife on the other and make yeah. it like a double-ended because you need... You need dragon glass or Valerian steel to kill him and you don't want to be getting close enough to use that cat's paw dagger because it's only no. a few inches. And especially with and all, the, all the fight training she did in, with in the weight. I think because they discovered in the last season that if you kill one of the generals... That if you kill a white walker, it kills yeah. all the whites that they've turned. Exactly. So, so it's going to be... To kill them, they've got to use Valerian steel or the obsidian. you've got to the dragon is only going down if the Night King goes down. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. how we feel, you know. Um, and unless... And, and the only way to take down all the white walkers... Dragon and I mean, let's let's get into this then. There's got to be a dragon versus dragon. And there that'll be. be the first time in hundreds of years since the Dance of the Dragons when you had like brother and sister yeah. fighting. Uh, so the big moment for a lot of people, which I think most predicted a long time ago would happen, is that obviously John is a Targaryen. Um, and now we Sam, finally Sam had a couple of lovely moments, actually. He had a very emotional moment with Daenerys. Oh, that was awful, though. That was horrible. No, because I, he hated his dad. I don't think he hated his brother. 
who's got the best name in the show. Dick the on, as Bran yes. off, you know, as Bran liked uh, reminding He's, him. I just loved it when, <laughs> when Bran cracks up, Bran cracks up, but the name is the best, is the best um, part of that, the whole show. And it's a really care. good gif as well. It's, it's, the, it's a great gif. Uh, it's just because his face, you know, when he cracks up, he's just yeah. got the perfect face for it. Um, and, you know, when he finds out, and his, his dad was such a wanker, but when he finds out, he's so emotional, and it's it's interesting. Obviously, it was quite sad, but I love the way that he just speaks to Daenerys like he speaks to everyone else. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's so respectful. Manner. Well, yeah, yeah when she walks in and she's like, friendly... so you're the man, and he goes, oh, oh, uh, which man? Which man is that? Your grace, and she yeah, was like, it's... and she's thanking him. He's like, oh, it's it's a pleasure to serve you, and he's never met her before, and he's just, I love him. He, Sam's brill. I love him. I think he's a great character. I think he keeps everything really grounded. He does, um, he especially he keeps John so grounded much of it together. Do you know what I mean? He's the first one that killed. Uh, you know, uh, well, White he's the Walker. first one that killed a White Walker. He's the one he found Discovered out about dragon glass. He found out about the dragon glass stores. He was the first person to find out about John's real parenting. So he, it's such a crucial character to the whole show. I said this but... when I was doing my watch through. When you go through, yeah. there's there's probably one moment every season that that's really pivotal that either directly or indirectly involves Sam. And he was really interesting at the Citadel. I think they did a really good part with him. I mean, Jim Broadbent was great in that. Do you know, as the kind of head of the... Yeah, he was the the, the Archmaster, he wasn't was he? brilliant, actually, going back and watching that back. Because I mean, he was a bit actor. of a dick, but he was a bit of a dick oh, in a good he way, wasn't he? understood the importance of what he did, and obviously, you know, he said, you, you went against me when you cured him of, of the grayscale, but ultimately... But you, it was well done, because no one else has ever tried it. Exactly. All those that have have, have died have fucking, trying. Yeah, messed it up. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was it was some great moments in that that part of the series. Um, it's, I mean, the shit cleaning scene and the soup and all that is pretty rough, but it was still very well oh, that, put together. Oh, when it gets faster <laughs> and it's like he's, oh, he, oh, when it looks like he's eating, people are eating shit and that, and it's, and every time it, it speeds wrong. up and you just hear him going. Yeah, it, and that it's whole really sequence rough. is about a minute and a half. It feels like it's like it's an brilliant. hour of television. It felt long, long, yeah. long, long. And John Even Bradley must it. have had a really good day doing all that with all these fake turds. Oh mate, I hope they were fake um, turds. And I he saw didn't him go doing an interview on. He was on like the Beauty Breakfast or something, and he's such a charming guy. Actually, fair play to him. He's such a down to earth guy, and he, he had some great things to say about it. Um, and he just, he, I think he's still quite humble to be involved in it because he. People like Kit Harrington have gone on to be in these huge global, you know. And we said about R- Richard Madden, and obviously no one yeah. more so than Amelia Clark. And then you had other classic actors like um, Charles Dance. You know, oh, he's gosh, yeah, hugely exactly. well respected. Yeah, and obviously early doors, Sean Bean and uh, Mark Addy, who was obviously quite a well-known guy. Of the yeah, who's great in this as well. I mean, you've looked back at his his moments, and I love when he. When he says about, you know, the armour. Get the armour stretcher. Yeah, get the stretcher. <laughs> I just love that. Um, there's some great moments looking back at that when well, we've been re-watching it. And I think the big thing here is is the reveal, as we said, um, with John and obviously John flying the dragon. I, I mean, the Drogon side-eye or the Drogon stare is quite That was fucking moment. brilliant. And the key thing as well is he wasn't just riding a dragon. Mom. You're kissing my mum. That's what you're thinking it's there. Yeah. And he's not just riding a dragon. He's riding the dragon named after his dad. 
Because that's what was always known. He was always going to ride Rhaegal. And it was thought that somebody else was going to ride Viserion. Ride the other one because Tyrion might have been, you know, a bastard child of of a Targaryen. Do you know what I mean? We didn't know. And it looks like Um, they're not doing that, which is good because it it would be a bit much to have two. One extra Targaryen is enough. Do you know what I mean? It's it's enough. Yeah. Um, And I think Tyrion is a Lannister through and through, no matter how you spin it. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think you need that. And I think what. What was said to John um, about Ned raised you as his son, so you are still his son. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. was still prominent because he was like, but my dad betrayed me, he didn't tell me the truth all these years. But he raised you because he had to. You know, he raised and, and you that Sam way. Sam got a bit a badass, war. didn't he? Because he was being a bit whingy, but Sam was like, you know, you, you gave up everything for her. Will yeah. she do the same for you? Because really, exactly. I mean, they, this is going to cause a lot of problems. Because besides the fact that hi, I'm I your, I'm your nephew, I'm and we've been booking. You know, you're my aunt. Can we still get it on? Uh, you know, I don't know. I if don't it's rule be out cool the possibility that they might still carry on because it's been done with Targaryens for brother and sister. I'm pretty sure incest is pretty much on the table in Game of Thrones. Let's be honest. From yeah, it, it's one. incest is best is definitely the motto of the show. They they don't but care. So it's going to be interesting. That's going to hold them back. It's going to have a few stumbling blocks. But I think when he comes out of the battle near dead, I think she's going to. They're going to still be together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they'll realise that. The, the thing um, that's going to be interesting is she for her whole life since she was because she was meant to be thirteen when she was like married off to Cal Drogo. So since her teens, she spent her entire life believing that she and her brother were the last Targaryens. Of course, as soon as he died, she was the last Targaryen, the last dragon, all the rest of it. She's the rightful heir. It's going to have... I mean, the show's taken place over, what, 10-year period in in the actual, you know, the show's timescale. So say seven to 10 years believing that she was the rightful heir and then all of a sudden to find out that she's the rightful heir's auntie is going to be a huge blow because everything that she stood for has always been about, well, I'm the rightful heir, the throne is yeah. mine. Well, it isn't. No, it's not. So, um, And, and Sam's got a good point. Will she have the decency to step aside? And I'm not sure she will. I, oh, I, she I think... won't. She, she's, got, she's got the mad streak in her. She's not quite... She's more rounded, she's more intelligent, she's different, she takes advice. But she's still she got, that got that blood that Targaryen lost. streak in her. Well, look, John, you John look at what happened with Sam's, it, Sam's you know. dad and his brother, like like he was saying, John wouldn't have done that. John would no, have forced them to take the black. He would have, or kept them as a prisoner, because Tyrion even said, didn't he? You know, like a, a few weeks or a he, few he months said you are killing. He, he said to her, you are killing off a, a famous house as Liz existed for thousands yeah. of years. Do you know what I mean? You are killing their bloodline. Are you comfortable doing that kind of thing? And she, she did. Because the and only, I think the she, only way I think that the Parley House does in her die. doing that. But I think she did that for two reasons. She did that, A, because she just had all the adrenaline from the battle. And B, obviously to show her dominance. But she's afraid feel, she can't look weak in front of the Dothraki because she's she no... She can't look weak in front of anyone. The, the Dothraki the don't can't. respect anyone who shows compassion really no no exactly. that the, the carl system has always been and also her dragon did get wins. badly hurt at that moment do you know what i mean so it, it's her defending what she feels right to defend so yeah it it was quite a defensive action and, it, and it's a, sad a that the only way that the tarley house doesn't go down is if she gives or whoever the rightful ruler becomes 
gives Sam a pardon from his uh, from his vows. But I don't know whether he would want that because he wants to be a maester. He doesn't want to be, you know, the Lord yeah. of Hornhill. He he because he, he, it's never really been his happy place. No, we'll see what happens. No, exactly. Plus, there's his um, mum and his sister, isn't there? Anyway. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, there's nothing to um, stop one of his sisters going off and having a baby. It's just that in this old medieval, you know, it's it, it would be woman takes takes a man's surname kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? It's the man of the house. So yeah. I mean, the, what, what the show does so well is that it shows that the women are as as important, if not more, to the show in terms of dominance and power than the men. So it's it's interesting. It's going to be, you know, I think John is a naturally kind of. He doesn't. He doesn't crave it. He, he says at some point, whether it was in this episode or not, that he didn't ask to be named king of the north. Do you know what I mean? They didn't ask yeah. for any of this. He didn't ask for any of it. Do you know what I mean? He, he, in his own eyes, just he's just a man that wants to get out on the battlefield. He just wants to do what he thinks. Is and all, right. all he ever wanted was to be a, mem- a man of the Night's Watch. He yeah, never wanted uh, to be exactly. Lord Commander. He never wanted to be king in the north. He never but wanted he'll, any he'll of it. He'll do what he thinks is right for the people. So I think if it yeah. comes to it, then I think he will. And maybe they will get married and sit on the throne. I think they might do a time jump at some point, perhaps. You never know what's going to happen towards the end. So we'll see what does transpire. But there's got to be a lot of people that die first. And I think what's going to be quite interesting, and they've talked and hinted at it, is which people die, but which people come back to life and fight for the army of the dead. Yeah. I think there's going to be some of that. And I think there's going to be some tough moments um, with some kind of key characters that, you know, maybe secondary characters like we talked about. You know, it's it's going to be interesting how that... that I, I, you I imagine there's going to be some awkward scenes for Tormund where he's going to see some of his, yeah, some of his like mates that. because everyone from Hardhome that died got added yeah, to the army of the dead. Yeah, we saw it with prominent female kind of uh, leader who... I, I, I did at the time we made a point of looking up her name the one that got killed by those bloody she, she, they the rescued kids. their two daughters but then yeah essentially they got uh, she got killed and she was the one that stood up for John so it was quite she was quite important but then they see her come back um, it's going to be I mean that third episode is going to be everything <laughs> because as much as I think we all care about who sits on the throne at the end I think we want to see who survives this battle really because it's going to be absolutely monumental um, yeah and you get the feeling that come the end of the season, there's going to be a much smaller cast. The, the, there's got to be a lot of the named characters. I think we'll see a lot of. I think we'll see probably half the main characters go. Yeah. yeah in I some way, so. shape, or form, whether that's I think so. killed in battle not, or not converted. To kill off. It's not about that in this show. It's, it's no. not. It's not about and 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 ultimately is ending now. It's not going to be. I'll tune in next year when your favourite characters are still alive. They don't care. They never have cared because it's what made the show so exciting in the first place is, is it's, you know, unfathomable or just unflinching ways of going, there's your favourite character. He's dead. <laughs> there's your favourite character. Oh, he's dead. Oh, there's the character that you thought was going to be key in this, like Sean Bean. Oh, there goes his head. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they didn't care. And I think a lot of people haven't read the books coming into the show. So all of this was a shock to most people. So it was yeah, it was it was pretty awesome from day one really. And it's just continued to grow and evolve and develop and it like you said, it's the biggest thing happening. Because Avengers, as huge as it is, I think more people will watch Game of Thrones. Do you know what I mean? Around the world. I mean more people are gonna be tuning in. More people are I know We'll talk around this. I think the I think the, the first episode got seven. I think it said it got seventeen million viewers. 
Yeah. And, Which and is don't just, just watch fucking phenomenal. Always. No, exactly. Exactly. That, I mean, that, that is stupid numbers. And it's going to just grow and grow and grow, I would imagine, because yeah. everyone's you know, waiting for what happens. Um, at this point in the pod, I will forecast that we're not going to cover Shazam because we've been rattling on about Game no, of Thrones. No, we'll, we'll, we'll we do Shazam to. as a separate episode and we'll release that in a in a few days or something. We'll just get a bunch of content out there because, I mean, we were never realistically going to do a short one on this because it's such a, a big show and there's so much to, to talk about. Yeah. And I'd rather do a long episode than miss something out because... It, it, I think we, we wanted to talk about Game of Thrones for years because we're both such huge fans of it. And, I mean, and it, we, it's we've... been such a huge part of our of our television lives, hasn't it? Without yeah, getting I all soppy and is, mushy. No, this is the show for our generation. Do you know what I mean? You cannot yeah. get away from the fact that this is the show. I mean, there are other things that have come and gone, but there's nothing on this scale. I mean, this is the, this is the TV show that has probably pushed tv to the forefront almost in front of film now because it's what it's done is it's broken boundaries by it's definitely broken boundaries do. yeah it's doing what films do it's also it's, it's brought fantasy which is a really maligned genre to the mainstream yeah, you know i i know people I mean, that would I, never I watch Tolkien film. things like this you know where people go oh you like comic book films and all this shit or you like games i'm like yeah but these things become the biggest things in the world because Everyone likes them. Do you know what I mean? You're in the minority now if you think these yeah. things aren't good. And I just feel a bit sorry for you if you don't enjoy them because you need escapism in life. That's why we watch this stuff because we need something to talk about other than our mundane lives a little bit. Well, it, I mean? It's this the same as the MCU, isn't it? The MCU yeah. has really brought comic book films to people who don't read comic books. Game of yeah, Thrones of has. has brought fantasy and dragons and medieval magic stuff to people who would never read Tolkien or Pratchett I or anything played, like that. I never played, what was the board game or the, the game that people played? Dungeons and Dungeons Dragons. And Dragons. Like. I never played that kind of shit when I was a kid. Don't get me nah, wrong, me I didn't. Um, and I didn't, you know, I did watch Nightmare on TV, which was classic TV. You know, it used to go on the VR yeah. back in 1996 or whatever it was. Um, but there was nothing like... You know, Lord of the Rings was the first thing that came along, and I wasn't Harry Potter generation. I'm still never going to be. But Lord of the Rings came along, and really, I mean, the books were always there, but the films did introduce people into a new genre almost, this this huge fantasy, you know, dragons in The Hobbit, but, you know, elves and trolls and orcs and, oh, I don't know, magical, mystical, mystical kind of powers and battles and huge huge spectacles and set pieces you know they used a lot of practical effects in lord of the rings a lot of sets obviously most of it shot in new zealand or all of it um and they use these incredible backdrops and mountains and landscapes and and what game of thrones has done is is, is used all that but kind of enhanced on it in different ways um spun a quite a confusing story to a lot of people lots of characters lots of developments lots of arcs but those that have really given it the time and the patience and I've been rewarded with this phenomenal TV show and these incredible characters that we've seen grow up in front of our eyes. Well, literally. you've literally grown up. I mean, Maisie Williams was 11. Sophie yeah. Turner was Bran, 13. Bran was a kid. He I think he might have been nine or 10. Yeah. You know, and... It, and but it, even, even John and Daenerys, these, these, they were quite your actors when they started this show. Do you know she what I mean? She was... Like, Oh, what was she? Oh, I saw something the other day. It was talking about the differences in the ages of the characters. 
because yeah. obviously for it, decency rules you couldn't you can't uh, have like Missandei, sexual scenes with is child Missandei, actors is it Miss Sandy or Miss Sandy uh, yeah she she was in Hollyoaks I remember back in the day yeah um, she's gone on to do this and be fantastic in this and obviously did Fast and Furious film and various things though she's gone on to be quite quite big like she'll do great things in her career she's a great actress um, and they brought some brilliant actors and and from a UK standpoint. They've done a lot of great work. I mean, it's apparently revolutionised like tourism in Belfast and some of the things they've done there. Oh God, yeah, they make you a know, fortune now sense. off the uh, the Game of Thrones tours. Yeah, and I've known people work in the costume design and all the you know look at the costumes, look at the work. The costumes this things. season are just unbelievable. And they were the last season, Daenerys and some of the stuff with John. Daenerys is the one that you, you know. notice at the Daenerys and John. I would say the people that you notice the costume changes most Obviously with Cersei and and even even Sansa and some of the some of the practical things. Even Tyrion's outfits wicked, and they they do some great work with these things. And obviously, people are designing the swords. They're designing all this. I mean, most people I know that I've uh, known a couple of people from Belfast. They say most people have been an extra at one point or another in Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, I mean? it's because... like anyone in and around Liverpool during the, you know, the early two thousands, whatever, yeah. was in Hollyoaks at some point. Yeah, and I mean, New Zealand, Lord of the Rings. Anyone that could ride a horse was being asked to come along for the big battle of Helm's Deep, um, which you would love because I think a lot of it parallels. Battle of the Bastards. The, the battle we're going to... No, it's going to parallel the battle we get at Winterfell. Ah, because right. it's quite similar things. So again, quite, like I keep saying, it's quite thematic, quite similar experience. But they asked for like 5,000 horse riders. So Fuck anyone that could capably ride a horse to come along. And then in the in the actual film, they magnitude that by the CG and made it look like thousands upon thousands. Well, that's what but, they did in the Battle of the Bastards. They had something like yeah. 100, 200 people. And then they yeah. turn two hundred into five thousand. Yeah, it's just quite remarkable. I mean, the CG and the practical effects are great, but it is built again. It's a show built on the on the practical designs and the sets and the and and all that kind of stuff. And that's what stands it apart. I think it's going on these locations. It's doing what films do. It's it's having the budget to do that. And HBO have really pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And they've done a. I mean, everyone behind this show. The showrunners, the producers, all the visual effects people, and obviously all the cast and the scripts and everything—you know—it's it's it's a massive achievement and justifiably getting all the praise and hype it deserves. And if you don't like it, obviously you're not listening to this podcast anyway. Then just try it. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not what people think. I think people have something in their head that they think this show is is just just a just fantasy only kind of. Well, do you people know what I mean? think it's people basically think- fantasy porn. And for the first couple of seasons, it might well have been. Well, when you think that. that within the first five minutes of the pilot episode, you had brother and sister going at it, hammer and tongue. <laughs> it's it's a bit of a shock for a lot of people, but it's not that. It's, there's so much more to this. It is, it's it's the most developed show, I think, that there has ever been out there. So it's, it's, it's phenomenal work. Um, and I've said that word a lot of times, but it's justified. And that was a great opening episode, and I think we just... There were some cracking single-liners in it as well, like the hound with his, you're, Tyrion, a, cold, you're a cold Tyrion. little bitch, aren't you, to, uh, to Ari was a great one. Because she is, but yeah. there was that begrudging sort of moment of respect when he says, I guess that's why you're still alive. And it's like, yeah, she's lived through some horrendous shit, and the only yeah. reason she's still alive is because she's been such a badass about it. Can't remember what Tyrion says about him being a eunuch. Oh, he says, balls. at least you don't have to freeze your... Um, at least your balls won't freeze <laughs> off. And Varys kicks back with, you're always so touchy when people make dwarf jokes, but you're okay making eunuch jokes. Why is that? And he goes, simple. 
I've got balls. You don't. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple of moments for Tyrion. Again, he just, he's got a couple of great lines. And, As he always uh, does. Because he, he is the does. smartest character will. in it, and he's the quickest... The quickest, quickest wit, wit. yeah. And Bronn had a few good lines as well with oh, Kyber when I'm he says, hoping, "I'm hoping Tyrion and Bronn get back together in the right way." Poor girl, the pox will take right. her within a year, and he spits out his wine and goes, "Which girl?" <laughs> and in with his, this, I like that maester, you know. This I fucking like family. Yeah, exactly. It's just she brings along the crossbow. I mean, she is so and, she is something else. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the poetic of she oh. wants to kill. Tyrion with the, the the weapon she Both used to kill the dad. It's yeah, she's something else. Um, I think we've covered as much as we can. We will look to do these regularly because they are. It's such a great show to talk about, and I've really wanted to talk about it. I mean, we we do obviously get excited about these things. That's why we do this podcast, and we do love everyone's interaction with these podcasts because it's been a little bit less lately, but we haven't podcasted many lately. So you know. Any questions you've got for Game of Thrones, we will be covering this regularly. Any interaction you want. And if you want to come on, it's not a bad place to have guests on Game of Thrones podcast, let's put it that way, because it's really well watched. So if people have got to the end of this crazy long episode and still are listening and want to be involved next week, maybe give us a shout and we'll see if we can get someone involved over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right, thanks for tuning in. We will be back. We've got another podcast out there, Captain Marvel, Endgame, Preview, all sorts of stuff going on. And we'll be back with lots of regular podcasts over the next coming weeks about Game of Thrones, Shazam, and Endgame, which is going to be fucking huge. That's out next week, which is mental. Yeah, that's like the, the cinematic experience of our lives. Yeah, that is it. Three hours of just... I'm trying to be, not pierce yourself but probably uh, failing well, in my case yeah uh, we we are you are gonna have to wear a man nappy we've said that i've already bought a six pack nice. I, i'm stocking up i'm trying different brands to see what's the most absorbent because <laughs> when i go boy will i go right on that bombshell <laughs> yeah <laughs> we will be back with you in pretty soon i would imagine so yeah keep you keep tuned and, and, and keep enjoying what we do because we do appreciate it mm-hmm.